Hello, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Tori Talk. I am sitting here with Patrice Nichols, Miss Patrice Live. I'm so excited yes. to speak with you today. Thank you so much for being on my show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I've been wanting to do this for a while. I've heard about you oh, before, okay. so yes, yes. <laughs> So I want to start with your gift. So oh I wow! Tree, so I, I have some tea in a mug for you. Oh wow! <laughs> this is so nice. Let me see this mug. Yes, thank you. It's just so cute. Thank you. <laughs> I am a tea drinker, so this is perfect. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. I saw this bag. I was like, I hope it's for me, it but I don't is know. For you. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Um, so we're going to get started with our game, um, and our first question is. Who was your favorite person that you saw live? I think to this day it would still be Prince. Um, oh, I think God, he was the first concert there? that I had ever attended. And I was well into, I was at least in my 20s. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why I had never gone to a concert before. But yeah, so Prince was amazing. I just remember um, at the end he hadn't done Purple Rain. Mm -hmm. And so like they brought the lights up and everything like it was the end of the show. And then everybody was like, these older women were just like, oh, what is going on? Da, 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 da. And then finally he, the lights turned out and they were purple. And this one lady next to me, no lie, she was like, oh, oh like did she this. fall out? <laughs> Somewhat, yes, but it was just more of like I knew he wasn't going to leave us and not do our song. I so mean, he's yeah. hands down one of the best concerts I've been to. Where did you see him? Um, it was here in D.C. I guess this was back when it was still the Verizon Center. I can't, don't have me lie to you, but I know it was. I know it was the Verizon Center. I just don't know which name it yeah, was at the time. Been through a couple. Yeah. Of years uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next question. So, who would you love to collaborate with? Hmm. So my top four: Diane Warren. She mm -hmm. is one of the most amazing songwriters if you don't know who she is look her up she has written for pretty much everybody in terms of just these strong powerhouse ballads Celine Dion Beyonce Tony Braxton she wrote I'm Break My Heart mm -hmm. um I love CeeLo I love T-Pain and The Dream so those okay. are my top four Mm -hmm. Listen, no, for real, that's, that's, that's my bad. Oh, that is, is it? I mean, you know, it's so many people. I think yeah. the reason why I always gravitate towards T-Pain, CeeLo, and um, who did I just say? CeeLo, Diane, yeah. they're all different. <laughs> they're all different for me in mm -hmm. terms of, like, I feel like if I was to work with the dream, he would give me, he has that sexiness that comes across in, you know, how he delivers, just his, his songwriting alone. T-Pain has got that wild sort of, yeah. you know, imagination, which I would push me. And then CeeLo, again, the same, that wild, but kind of that Southern flair, he would probably push me a lot. So people that will push me out of the box a little bit, that's why I gravitate towards them. Very yeah, nice, yeah, nice. yeah. Okay, so what advice would you give your younger self? Um, Trust yourself. Trust yourself, really? Trust so. yourself. I am, I like to say, I'm more, I am more right than I would like to admit. Oh, nice. And what, yeah, and, and not, not to say that I know everything, it's just you, normally your gut, that inner man or woman, mm -hmm. usually is never wrong. Never. And you have to know how to tap into it a little bit because sometimes insecurity or sometimes insecurity will drive us like we'll think like oh I'm so scared so I won't do this because I, I, you're not a dealing with whatever insecure or whatever insecurities that you have but my I will say 80 to 90 percent of the time my gut is never really wrong but I just would always second guess myself because I didn't want to be right because yeah. my gut would be right about things that I didn't want to be right about mm -hmm. like a guy I might be dating or a friend you know you, have you ever had that feeling where 
you are about to tell someone something and something says don't tell them mm-hmm. and then you do it anyway yeah <laughs> that's what i mean so that's a note for you all yeah. i feel like that could definitely help it, 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 yeah for sure i think trust yourself is a big trust one. yourself yeah and last question i have okay. for you in our game is what is your favorite song of yours and it was easy to talk uh, about your favorite song. Yeah. Ever, what is your favorite song? I would I? say for right now, still, uh, with the two albums that I have out, uh, Lover Friend Zone. It was actually written by one of my good friends who is an amazing artist in her own right. Like, mm-hmm. I look up to her so much. Her name is Danielle Baylor. Um, Danny wrote Lover Friend Zone. And I think I love it so much because there is a level of vulnerability and sexiness at the same time. It's like strength and vulnerability in the same song at the same time and the song is pretty much about a woman professing her love to her friend she's saying take me out the friend zone and so it's like so much power like you have to be vulnerable to say that right especially as a woman because you're you well you want a guy to kind of pursue you but then on the other side it's still very sexy like in my mind when I heard this song I was like, he's not going to reject her. He's going to feel like an idiot that he didn't pick up the vibes. And I had already mapped out what the video looked like. The first time I heard the song, that's how I know if the song gravitates towards me, if I can visually see what it would look like. Mm-hmm. And that song always sticks to me. Every time I hear the beginning of it, I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> so, yeah, it would be Lover Friend Zone from my Wonder Woman album. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, we're going to jump into your interview. So okay. I always like to start and get in, like, your history, I'm like a sure. history buff. Okay, so am I, I'm like a nerd. To, yeah, like I like mm-hmm. that part. So um, I would like to know, how would you say like young Patrice was? How was it growing up? Uh, she was, so my daughter, I have a daughter, she's almost six. And um, she is very, she's very sassy. She's got a lot of attitude. She's very confident. I call her the spicy version of me. Mm-hmm. So that is to say that as a little girl, I was very... Um, yeah, I was. I had a lot of personality. I was very fearless. I was the epitome of, you know, what I believe is like a good blend. You know, I grew up with a lot of men in my family, so I was very competitive. I've got scars to prove it. So I would want to play basketball and football with the boys, but then turn around and like put on a pretty dress and go and do a pageant. So I had definitely had like this multifaceted type of personality. I was very confident, very strong, but I was like the tiniest one. Uh-huh. So, you know, that was that. But then, like I said, my daughter is like the spicier version of me in that mm-hmm. sense. So very just confident and um, strong and just I was not afraid. You know, one of the things I don't even know if it was so much that I was just this amazing singer as a little kid. It was just more like I wasn't afraid. Other little kids yeah. would be like a little and I would be like, oh. It's time. Let's go. So, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So, would you say that um, growing up with gospel impacted you, like, in your life and your music? Yeah. I mean, my grandfather, as, you know, many people know, he's a gospel singer. So, he has uh, accomplished a lot in the 50-plus years that he's been in the industry. So, a lot of my family members are singers, great singers at Mm -hmm. that. Um, And so, you know, just growing up with that and then, of course, just the spirituality, it definitely influenced me a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, nice. So we're going to jump a little head in your okay, life. Okay. And you were in a go-go band. I was. <laughs> How was that? And for y'all who don't know, I mean, go-go is very, you know, yeah. uh, distinctive to our area. Yes. And Miss Patrice Live <laughs> is in yeah. a band. Well, it's funny because growing up in the DMV, I don't think that anyone that has reached a level of um, 
artistry has not tapped into some sort of level of go-go just because it is the homegrown music mm -hmm. and being a vocalist in order to kind of really um, learn about showmanship and actually make money on the scene you're going to have to touch into some go-go to some to some uh, level I was actually in a few of them I would never call them straight up go-go bands but I think if you have 60 or 75 percent of most of the music with that that drive then you would consider that so I, I used to sing with a band called uh, Belladonna which is an all-female go-go band but I, they don't even like to call themselves go-go because they do more than that, that um, but yeah go Belladonna I was with another band called Beautiful Experience actually my manager he founded the band back in North Carolina and then they brought the band here and we used to perform a lot on U Street um, and then I was with the, an R&B band they did a little bit uh, kind of boost so I've sung with different bands but the most profound would probably be Belladonna because of their popularity of being an all-female mm -hmm band in the area so i got my chops doing that i i wasn't afraid but gogo music is is uh i don't like to play with things that i'm not well versed in if that yeah. makes sense and so i really had to learn a lot i struggled at first because i wasn't used to being in a gogo -go band where it's call and response and the audience mm -hmm. gives you you know your energy and you've got to learn how to pace yourself through a show i was used to being this big you know bright light that came out the gate blazing but if you have a two-hour show you cannot do that mm -hmm. um even just learning about different facets of the go-go music and how to you know let let the beat drive sometimes and not always come in and and you know let feel what the audience is bringing and and say oh, okay we need to get up out of this song they're not feeling it uh -huh. those are things that you <laughs> learn when you are doing live performances regularly yes. and they really really work really hard so as a result I've always been a hard worker, but they took my level of endurance up a notch for sure. So I'm always grateful. And I, I actually just saw them last week and still have a great relationship with them. Mm -hmm. oh, lovely. Yeah. So now, you know, you've like started and you like realized you're indie music. So now like Patrice Live. Like yeah. how, how did this idea yeah. for you? Like I know it's kind of been like, I guess always there sure. what really made you want to take that step to yeah there. it's always been a, I mean I've, I was signed like I think I was like 14 signed again I was in a girl group so I've tried my hand at different things in terms of trying to get in more so into the pop R&B side mm -hmm. um, but things just never worked out and so I got to that point where I was like okay maybe I'll just sing in, in a band you know on the weekend sometimes that'll scratch my itch mm -hmm. and then I'll just go on with my regular life I was like a senior membership marketing manager at a trade association so I had a degree of, well I have a degree in marketing um, and I had pretty much the white picket fence life you know two kids a husband all that stuff and then that itch would just not go away and, and there were times honestly for a few years that I didn't like watch the Grammys or anything like that because those it would make me want to cry because yeah. I would be like I feel like I'm supposed to be there but every time I think I'm there or supposed to get to another level something would happen and block me so I I really actually had I said a prayer and I said God please just take this desire for me to want to be a solo artist take it away from me because it was hurtful you know and then maybe a few weeks later God he didn't even actually speak to me I know it was in me but he was just, I was just like I'm gonna try one more time mm -hmm. and I'm gonna give it my all. I could see little things that I could be doing better and I, I identified them and I was very honest with myself and saying, you need to grow here, you need to do this better, you need to be more organized here. And I said, okay, I'm gonna try one final time and if it doesn't work, then at least I can walk away knowing that I tried. Yes. Because that's one of the biggest things. Sometimes it's not so much that the feat is so hard, it's that you know, you know, sometimes you have regret when you know you didn't give it your all. 
And that's across the board. That's relationships, friendships, jobs, degrees, whatever you want to call it. And I had to really be honest with myself and say, yes, you've been trying to do this for a long time, but have you been strategic? Mm -hmm. Have you thought about what you actually want to do? Have you been organized? Have you been practicing? You know, great. Yeah, you can (laughs) sing, but are you ready for a multi-city tour? Can your voice take that much, you know, strain? Mm -hmm. And the answers were like, no, like, no, you cannot. No, you have not practiced as much as you can. No, you have not been as organized. So when you know that kind of stuff, then you have to say, am I going to actually be honest enough to deal with that part of me and then deal with it and then try again? Mm -hmm. So surprising. Well, not surprisingly, (laughs) I dealt with it and I said, I'm going to try one more time. I know I look crazy. I have two kids. People are going to be like, you're not some 20 year old you know, teeny bopper anymore. I didn't care. And I'm further along now than I've been all of these years with two children and everything that I have going on. I'm more efficient now, still with room to grow, but I'm further along now than I've ever been in my entire life. So that's how you know that some things you just have to be, you have to own it. And I own it now. Like I own every part of it. Yes, I'm a mother, but yes, I am an international entertainer and I don't apologize for it anymore. Mm -hmm. But I'm also very... Uh, honest with myself in terms of what I need to do to make it happen. So, okay. Yeah. So you've launched. So let's talk about your album. Yeah. So I love the name of your album. I want to know you. where they came from because like Ghost of Boyfriend's Past is yeah. so funny to me. <laughs> yeah. My dad has this saying where he said you put them in the graveyard of the forgotten. Yeah. So like, hey. <laughs> yeah. So how did, how did those come about? So actually Ghost of Boyfriend's Past, when I put that album out, I was still married at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted, I, I always like for artists to let their work reflect their lives right we have a lot of artists that do that and some that do not Mm -hmm. so here I said my whole idea and brand and coming out is that I'm this Wonder Woman this is before the Wonder Woman album Mm -hmm. I'm this Wonder Woman and I have all these things that I'm juggling but I am a married woman so how do I explain talking about this if I'm here so I entitled the album Ghost of Boyfriends Past based on the movie that Mm -hmm. the Ghost of Girlfriends Past and so that way that it for me, it wasn't that I was living a double life, that I was fully living where I was, but I, the music reflected where I used to be, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So that's where that album came from. And then some of those songs we had done a few years before. So, mm-hmm. you know, they were relevant to that time when I was not, yeah. you know, when I was, <laughs> when I was single. Um, and then Wonder Woman came about and Wonder Woman was very challenging because that happened in the midst of me actually going through divorce mm-hmm. and breakup and all that. So some of those songs were not originally supposed to be on the album, but halfway through, that's how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so but Wonder Woman actually that that was even before Ghost of Boyfriends Past because Wonder Woman was a song that I actually a derivative of the song now that I wrote years ago. I'm talking about, I think I was a maybe 22. <laughs> so this was years ago. I was in the studio in DC. I was working with some producers from New York and they had this, this song come on. And I was like, this sounds like a female empowerment song. And so it was one of my close friends, Tiffany and another girl in the studio. She was there with some other guys. And I was just like, what do you guys hear and see and feel? I'm very visual. When you think, when you hear this song, you think of a strong woman. And they started telling me stuff, and I was taking it in. And then I wrote the song in maybe 20 minutes. And I was oh, talking wow. all this shit about <laughs> like I, I cook meals and close deals and da, da 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 da. None of that stuff I was doing. You know, that's how you know you can manifest things because uh-huh. I was talking all this trash about stuff that I had not done yet. You know, <laughs> but I just felt like this is what a Wonder Woman does. She cooks meals and closed deals, takes care of her man, loves her friends, is confident, walking down the street. And I just saw all these. Things. Mm -hmm. And that was years ago. And then 
transferred over to when the second album we were coming out with and I was like I'm ready now to launch Wonder Woman and I we reworked the song so it's not the same song but yeah that's where it came from I just felt like being a woman and pursuing your goals but still managing and handling your responsibilities sometimes we feel like we have to choose one or the other and we don't get the choice right I think um when you are have a calling on your life, whether it's to be a singer or an entertainer or have a podcast or anything that you had, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't get when you choose to make other decisions in life, like have children or get a you don't get to like throw your hands up and say, I'm not gonna pay my bills, I'm just gonna go and do my podcast or I'm yeah. not gonna take care of my children, I'm just gonna go and sing. You don't get to do that. So now you're responsible for both. But when you do it and you do it well, you are a Wonder Woman in fact. Not perfectly, because I don't believe in perfection. I just believe in excellence. There's a difference. Very nice. Yeah. And very true, too. Yeah. I was say, say something like, for the last time, Tori talked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Listen, Patrice <laughs> Live, you topic. introduced me with my government name. Patrice Live owes Patrice Nichols a whole <laughs> hell of a lot of money, let me tell you that. And she better pay her back every dime. Every dime. Season, okay? <laughs> well, every dime. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So what would you say your creative process is? Because I know everyone goes through different things, but what do you say works well for you? I know you like try to, you know, go off of your own experience. What sure. What is your process? Um, so everything is about, it's not so much feeling. I'm very strategic, right? I, I have a degree in marketing and I'm big on strategy. I love the visual of putting something together from top to bottom or building what you want at the end and then building backwards. That's mm-hmm. my big thing. So I always have to look at things in a strategic format, but the end result is always a mix of my creativity, right? So mm-hmm. for instance, the Wonder Woman album, I had already been listening to different artists and thinking about what is inspiring me? What am I thinking about? What am I feeling? I love movies and TV. So people always shun people for watching TV. I don't care. I love TV. I watch a lot of TV. I have to, even when I'm working, I have to have some noise in the background. Mm -hmm. So I'll have like The Office, which is one of my favorite shows, The Office playing while I'm working. The visual, the art of storytelling, and I'm always big on, um, I always say like, you know, a lot of music is written with um, the idea to talk about going out to the club, falling in love or heartbreak, right? Those are pretty much the three (laughs) solid topics, right? So I say, but what do I listen to if I am, what do I listen to? So that, I'm sorry, that takes care, and gospel music, so it's four. So I say, okay, so you listen to being in love on Friday or Saturday, you go out to the club Friday or Saturday, you go to church on Sunday. So that takes care of that. But what do you listen to Tuesday morning? What song do you listen to when you're not breaking up with your boyfriend or girlfriend, but you're pissed off at them? Mm-hmm. I like to, t- to talk about the things that I call like the in-between things, things that are not always resolved because in real life, we're not like movies, right? Mm-hmm. Where everything is resolved within 27 minutes of a sitcom. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. And you go through a series of emotions and a lot of times we don't have Uh, music that reflects those types of emotions so a lot of my creativity comes from wanting to tell what was happening in between yes I know I love my man and yes he did this but what happened right here in the middle before we got to this place Mm -hmm. and then after I have that creative thing with myself then we put the strategy to it and I work myself backwards very nice yeah so miss wonder woman (laughs) you have a wonder woman foundation yes and I'm 
so excited for you guys to hear about this. this yeah. Is, I love when people are doing things for the community Absolutely. and giving back. So please tell us a little bit about your foundation. Sure. So the Wonder Woman Foundation is an initiative that I have started and I'm still working on funding and everything like that. But the, the structure is to award scholarships to women in different walks of life. And we're not talking about the norm. You have a 3.5 GPA, you're in college, you're doing this. But um, each scholarship is named after a woman that's uh, influenced me. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them being like my, my maternal grandmother, uh, Rosetta Thompson. So she was an entrepreneur and she was a huge gospel promoter. And so my the scholarship for, for that person would be an up-and-coming entrepreneur who needs help. And it might be a $10,000 grant that we get to help them open up another initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, the same for me. So at one point um, when I was finishing my degree, I went to school and then I went back. At one point, I was already, I'd already had my son, and I was pregnant with my daughter. The year that I graduated, I had my daughter in March, and I graduated in May. So at that time, I was about eight or nine months pregnant. I had a toddler. I was working a full-time job and taking six classes at a time. And one of the things that I thought about was like, gosh, you know, what if they had like a babysitting service here at the school, like from those six to nine p.m. classes? Um, where people could come in, bring their kids, the kids could do homework those two nights a week and have, you know, a meal or something like that. So that's the type of like initiative under the Wonder Woman Foundation is pretty much just providing support both financially and through resources for women who are trying to do extraordinary things with extraordinary circumstances. So that's the we're still developing um the rest of the program structure because it's twofold. One of it, like I said, one part is just giving away these scholarships and grants to women for different parts of their lives. But then the other is creating smaller initiatives like community initiatives. So going to the colleges, I would start with Bowie State where I graduated and saying, hey, can we house an after hours, you know, daycare and maybe the childcare services or the the um, the uh, students that are learning, you know, childcare development can now get hours by doing an after <laughs> hours for you know just put it, yeah get some, get some job. at school <laughs> get paid for it and then you're helping others continuing education students who are coming to school after they go to work yes. so they don't have to go home or find a babysitter or spend as much money so those are the types of things that I want to do for with the Wonder Woman Foundation but like I said the scholarships are all named after there I have to, you know my grandmothers my mother any part of them that has impacted me I try to highlight that so like I said my grandmother was an entrepreneur my other grandmother mother she was uh, a nurse and she was an OR nurse so she had five kids she had five boys and she was going through college like what things can we do for someone now and how can we help them to achieve that goal so we make it easier so oh, yeah I'm I excited. cannot wait for that to yes come out. yes and, let, and please let us know anyway, absolutely sure sure um and you mentioned your two kids so yes I wonder if they come to you like mom I think I want to be a singer. I think oh, I want to be in music. Yes. What advice would you give them? Well, they're the already. Listen, I don't know if I could. <laughs> I am somewhat. My daughter is a dancer. My son, um, Benosa, some he actually can sing. He's mm-hmm. he's very shy. Um, but you know, I would absolutely. I would encourage whatever they want to do. My biggest thing is accountability and excellence, and because that to me it doesn't matter if they want to be a doctor or an entertainer they're going to have to be accountable to something and true to themselves. So I'm never going to sway them in any type of direction. Education is important to me, not so much because it's what other people said, but I will say right now, part of what funds Patrice Live is me getting my degree so that I can work as a consultant and have my own schedule set so that I can pursue my goals. 
that would not have happened had I not had a degree. The same with even the music industry, going to school and learning marketing. Like, how helpful is that? So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, learning digital marketing. So those are all things that, to me, um, really contribute to the success of anyone. So as long as they are... Um, as long as they pursue things with excellence and do their best, if they want to be a singer, by all means, don't embarrass me. No. <laughs> but be it, yeah, be good. <laughs> but even still, no matter what they want to do, as long as they do their best and they pursue excellence, that's all I care about. So if they want to, I would say that. And also, um, you know, one of the things that I realized now in hindsight is had I made it, so to speak, which I still have so far to go from where I want to be, but I appreciate it. <laughs> But had I made it back when I was 19 or 20, I wouldn't be who I actually am now in terms of the mental and the spiritual realm. So I understand why I didn't. And then that's not even really the goal. Like the goal is not to make it to flex on anybody. Really, my story is what actually is going to inspire people. One of the things that I always say is um, I'm not so much a an entertainer as much as I'm a vessel. People... I get to do the music because I like it, but that's not what is going to get people to gravitate towards me. And that's not even my purpose. It's just me enjoying the ride. I liken it to like going on a ride and God sending you to do what you need to do. And on the ride, he says, I'll let you enjoy the ride. You can be an entertainer and that'll, you'll be excited to be an entertainer. But really I'm sending you because I need people to hear about you being paralyzed. I need people to hear about you being sexually abused. I need people to see that you work really hard and that you have two children so that when they see it, you activate the doctor that, you know, can cure You activate the woman who may be at home not doing what she's supposed to do, you activate something in her to say, if Patrice can do it, then I can do it. Not because Patrice is special, but just because she shared her story and I can see myself, so let me do it. Mm-hmm. That's the ultimate goal for me. Mm-hmm. And so I try to instill that into my children. The goal is not for us to be, well, I do want to be wealthy. That's for another day. (laughs) But outside of that, the goal is to actually inspire other people to do what they need to do. And who better to inspire than your own children? That's part of the reason why I went back to performing in the first place. Because how could I really mold and and shape them to pursue their goals and dreams if I could never tell them that I at least tried to do my own? Mm -hmm. And speaking of live performances, (laughs) Miss Patrice Live. What is your favorite part about performing live? Because I'm like, what I'm doing, like, I don't really yeah. have a stage fright thing. Sure. It's like, mm-hmm. like you said, you have to feel the energy of the crowd. Yeah. Like, how, mm-hmm. what is your favorite part about that? Um, I think it's when we, there's always this moment that happens for me at every performance, no matter how I'm feeling, where um, I feel... It's, it's this euphoric feeling. It's very weird. I, I don't even know if I can explain it in the right way. There, there's this euphoric feeling that happens on stage when you are prepared and when the energy comes together. And there's a moment that I always have. It's for me. It's not even for anyone else where I'm just like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Usually it happens when someone sings the song back to me that they don't even know that I teach them the song. Sometimes it's a new song that I added in the mix and I'm trying to see if it works out. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's even when stuff goes wrong and I recover. (laughs) Sometimes it's me not remembering what happened and then I look back at the video. I'm like, oh, you did that? (laughs) But there's always, for every performance that I've had, even the worst performance, I mean, I've fallen on stage. I mean, anything that you could think of and happened, sounding terrible, couldn't hear myself, whatever. But there is always a moment and I know that it's always a blessing because it's it's the moment that reminds me why I'm doing it and why I need to continue. Mm-hmm. 
that moment, I live for that moment. And usually, if you ever go back into looking at old footage of me, you'll see that there's a moment that I just smile, but I'm not looking at anybody. I just feel what I need to feel, and then I keep going. That's what. That's the best part because I rehearse a lot. I, I'm what I call a, a rehearsed performer. Mm-hmm. You know, you have some singers who can go and just blaze a song without a thought. Mm-hmm. That's not me. <laughs> no. I can sing, but I, I'm a rehearsed performer because there are so many different things going on. I'm entertaining the crowd, and sometimes I'm dancing, and, you know, we're trying new things, and it's just so much going on. So I call it, you know, rehearsed chaos. Like, I rehearse, and I try to just lock into it so much. So that when I'm on stage, I can have free moments where I can say, hey, Ben, let's try this on stage, you know, and they're not nervous like, oh, shoot, what is she about to do? But ultimately, that euphoric moment that I have, it only lasts for two or three seconds. That's what it is. That's what I live for. And you mentioned the fact that you do dance because she does dance. Gabby. I you do dance. dance <laughs> and I know that uh, Gabby Odom. Yes. G. Cruz. Yes. yes. I've been dancing with her for most of my life. Yeah. How is that practicing with that crazy She's woman? crazy, right? She is Let rough. me tell you something. Wonderful, but rough. She, Gabby is so, she's rough, but in, she is has been such a blessing to my life. I'm not talking about just what she has been able to do for me on a performance level. She, I consider her my friend, and what's weird is from the first day that I met her, I knew that she was a solid and genuine person. From the first day, it takes me a while. And I always let people start at 100 with me and then they work their way down. (laughs) I didn't worry about that because she's so honest. She's not perfect, but she's just so honest and solid. And so also because of that, she pulls me. She, we know when to pull and push. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she'll pull me a little bit. Sometimes I'll push back a little bit. Um, I trust her, right? Yes. So literally, and, and she's so um, invested in me. So I'm so invested in her. We got a call the other day, someone asking me about someone that could help do with some dancing. I'm, I'm happy to refer the business mm-hmm. to her. Um, I, you know, I'm always like, but listen, I'm number one now. Don't get crazy. I'm be right. Well, not even just you know, you don't give you you give them greatness, but you know, you, you you give you keep a little bit for me. But ultimately, I love the fact that I have the ability to help my friends and colleagues do what they do even when it's for other people. Mm -hmm. That means that I'm winning as a leader. As a leader, that is what leadership is about. It's not about holding people hostage and holding them back. It's about releasing them so that they can do what they do and share it with the rest of the world. Because what is the purpose of me being a leader if if I have to lock you in and hold you here? And she is the example of that. She pushes me in a way, but she's patient enough with me, but she knows sometimes when I'm not here Mm -hmm. because I'm doing too much. She knows sometimes when I'm like, let me just give her a break. She knows, and I'm so grateful. And she has elevated not just the dancing, but just her eye for things has elevated my artistry to a different level because I'm already particular, and the areas that I'm not so much particular in, she's particular. So we cover all bases. (laughs) Yep. And that's everybody on my team, my management. Everybody has their thing, right? And I'm just the center of this Mm -hmm. thing. The musicians, the same way. I can't tell you how to play. I just know what I want to hear. But then when I tell them what I want to hear, they take it to the next level in ways that I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I tell her usually when we have a new song, I'm like, I want to do this and I want to do this. And she'll say, OK. And then she'll take those two things, deliver them and then fill in the rest with her thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just the center of this. But everybody else, you know, they keep me together because I couldn't do it without <laughs> them. And Gabby is definitely an example of that for me. Wonderful. Yeah. And Gabby, so what we did um 
today for your interview. Yeah. I actually like put some questions off people saying, hey, let me know any feedback. Okay. Talk I'm scared. You. So I have two questions. And the first one actually is from Gabby. Okay. And her question is, what would you say that your strengths and weaknesses are as an artist? Sure. Uh, my strengths are just the ability to... Um, to really own that no matter what, no matter whose fault or, you know, whatever happens, the mic stand fail, whatever, it's always the ability to recover mm -hmm. um, or the ability to be intuitive enough to know what's going on. There are times when I do certain things at some shows that I don't do at other shows because I recognize who I'm talking to. It doesn't take away from my artistry and it doesn't make me a chameleon in different spaces, but it just allows me to be appropriate. We have a show a very sexy show at Babylon one night, but the day before we have a show at the convention center with children for special needs, we ain't doing the same yeah. show. So <laughs> that intuitiveness and just making adjustments and also being able to do it on the fly yes. is a big thing. That One of my strengths, my weaknesses for sure, because I'm doing so much on stage, um, I have to, and I, we went back to the basics this year in terms of me strengthening vocally, strengthening dance wise, even looking more, I look at footage a lot, but looking at footage and really critiquing myself to say, okay, yeah, you got off the stage too many times this time. I know you didn't want to interact with the crowd, but we need better visuals of you on the stage. You're short. Mm -hmm. So you can't be in the crowd all the time, even though that's what you want to do because we lose you. And then what is the rest of the, what are the rest of the people out there looking at? Those are really technical things. Yeah. And so I'm back to the basics in terms of technicalities, um, not over singing. Mm -hmm. I tend to do that because I get nervous if I can't hear myself, which a lot of singers do. We sing louder. Mm -hmm. So instead of me making the sound adjust back to me, I'll over sing and then tear my voice up and then I have no voice towards the end. So it's just technical things that I'm learning and just staying solid where I am and letting other things gravitate towards me. I don't have to get off the stage so much because I... I I feel like James Brown. I want to work when I'm on stage, right? People came to see me, or if they didn't come to see me, I want them to come back yeah. to see me. So I work hard, but it's like, you got it already. You don't have to work that hard. They will gravitate to you. Mm -hmm. Vocally, you don't have to oversing. You know, give yourself a break, because if not, you won't make it through the performance. Dance-wise, do what you can and do it well. So it's just bringing things back together and working a little smarter and not as hard as I've been working, because I already work really hard. So <laughs> I hope that made sense. It definitely yeah. did. Sense. <laughs> I was sure Gabby, we have to Yeah, that. she will. <laughs> <laughs> and um, our last question from an Instagram uh, viewer was, what was your hardest lesson learned in life? Ooh, in your whole life, not even just like now, just in life. And on season two of yeah. Tortnoy. <laughs> um, I would say my heart, okay. it's the same thing as what I would tell my younger self. Mm -hmm. It's when you don't trust yourself, you know, you, you cannot change people and you cannot go back in, in time and change situations. Okay. Um, so you just have to trust yourself. And when you don't, you got to pay the consequence for that. There is a consequence when you don't listen, because to me, your your inner man and your 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 conscience, basically, to me, that's God whispering to you. I always say that. And that's God whispering to you ahead of the, the time. It's those times when I'll never forget. I was 19. I was going to a club, dressed up everything. Me and my girlfriend getting ready to walk in and something said, don't go in there. And I was like, uh-uh, I'm already here. Mm -hmm. And something said, don't go in there. So I told her she was pissed. We went home because I, I drove, so she didn't have a choice. Oh, I'm like, <laughs> she had to go. I, something is telling me not to go. And she's like, what are you talking about? 
We left next morning on the news. Some guys that we knew that we went to high school with were shot at the club. I know that we would have been with them and they were mm-hmm. shot outside of the club. Mm-hmm. So I know that they would have walked us. They were just guys, yeah. friends, but they would have walked us to our car mm-hmm. and where they got shot was in the middle of where the car was and where the front of the club was. I know we would have been with them. Mm-hmm. We didn't even know they were there. Yeah. But as soon as we would have seen them, we would have all been together and we would have hung out with them. So that moment, there's another situation my grandmother told me about with her years ago and a few other times. And I said, okay, you have got to trust that inner man in your conscience. If you don't, Mm -hmm. there are consequences for that. I have paid some consequences for not listening to my inner man because of what I wanted something to be versus what it actually was. Mm. So if I had to say the hardest lesson is people are who they are. Situations are what they are. You really don't get to choose a lot of who you born, where you're born into, how you're born, or whatever. But if you really dig and trust yourself, trust your inner man, that will eliminate most of the problems in your life. So I'm going to try to trust myself more. Well, I think you're doing a great job. <laughs> I'm trying. So and thank you so much. The final question I have for sure. you today is. 2019 Patrice yes. Live. What do we have going on? I'm excited to hear. So I plan actually years in advance. So I'm actually ran. I'm actually gearing up for 2020 actually, but for 2019, That's yeah, a yeah, I'm, I'm a planner <laughs> for sure. I'm sure. But uh, 2019 is what I said. Back to the basics. I'm doing a lot of uh, technical training not just in performance, but in learning more about the technical aspect of performing and learning about the sound and all of that. Um, I'm also, so last year I had a goal. I didn't reach the goal, but it was okay. I had a goal of doing all these performances. This year I'm looking at more quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to do as many performances, but I want the performances that I do to be immaculate. Mm -hmm. I felt like last year I had so many performances, but I don't, there, there should have been more performances that to me were perfect from A to Z. Mm -hmm. And that's not even just me. It could be, we didn't have on the right outfits for the right this. It's, it's strategic. Um, And then the last goal for me is to start working possibly on another EP. (laughs) I'm saying this and I've not told my team this. So this is really exclusive because I know they'll probably want to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. And then we're also filming the web series. So Mm -hmm. it's been a while. I held it back. We had some things on the table. And so I did not deliver the web series that I had that was following my life and all the craziness that has happened since the last season um so we're but we're gearing up to release that web series or whatever so people can see an update of my actual personal life and be like oh that makes sense what was happening oh my gosh all in your business so mm-hmm. yeah well very nice thank, thank you, you so much for interviewing thank me you today. for having me thank you for my gift oh, i'm so appreciative i'm welcome. moving soon so i have some a new mug you know so you can come over and have some tea yeah <laughs> um can you let everyone at home know where they can follow you your handle your sure. website and all those things so you can well you already have more than enough. Yeah, I always need more followers. I <laughs> more will not. Fans. Yes, yes. So you can follow me on Instagram at Patrice underscore live, P-A-T-R-I-C-E underscore L-I-V-E. You can also visit my website, patricelive.com. Um, and then if you want to uh, get text alerts about my um, my upcoming shows and appearances, you can text Patrice Live to 727272. <laughs> and it will send us a message. And we do only a monthly update. Don't worry, I'm not texting y'all all night. Hey, what you doing? It's usually just a, an alert that shows you um, what's coming up for me. So, yes. Perfect. Yes. Thank you so much, and thank thank you you guys for tuning in. And until next time. Thank you.